Welcome to an episode of the podcast Art Insiders New York. My name is Anders Holst. The theme of the podcast is New York with a focus on behind the scenes conversations with fascinating people who are making an impact in the world of art, design and architecture. Today we are making history. This is the first time we're doing an interview al fresco at Storm King Art Center. We are on tour with President John Stern throughout the 500-acre outdoor museum located in New York's Hudson Valley, where visitors experience large-scale sculptures and site-specific commissions under open sky. As we move along, John tells fascinating stories about the history of the center and of the many installations by artists like Mark de Suvero, Maya Lin, Andy Goldsworthy, Richard Serra, Joel Shapiro, Alexander Lieberman, Isamu Noguchi, and many more. Storm King is celebrating 60 years of nurturing a vibrant bond between art, nature, and people, creating a place where discovery is limitless. Hop aboard and join us. So, John, we are outside here, this beautiful building. Yes. My, my grandfather, Ted Ogden, moved up in this hamlet of yeah. Cornwall, Mountainville, and... When Vermont Hatch died in 1959, my grandfather really wanted to preserve this beautiful house and estate. And that really was the origin of Storm King. I see. It's a beautiful building. It is. And now we use it as um, having our indoor galleries. Yeah. And it's perfectly positioned here too, right on top of the hill. Exactly, and this is the high point of our 500 acres. So when you come up here, you get a 360 view of our landscape and our 500 acres and then beyond the Hudson Highlands. Yeah. So Storm King is the name of the mountain we're sitting on? Well, uh, close. Um, we're my, my grandfather took the name Storm King from Storm King Mountain, which is uh, maybe three or four, three miles or so from here. Yeah. And it is right up uh, from the Hudson River. There's a great story of the name of Storm King because it was a writer um, in 1850 who um, wrote a wonderful prose about this mountain yeah and he suggested to the town of cornwall <laughs> that it should have a much better dramatic name it had been called butter hill and he said to the town how about storm king because it was almost like a fjord it's it rises so amazingly from yeah. hudson river it also as you come south it it's you're getting into the um, narrowest yeah. part of the river, and so you're going down to West Point, and it's really just stunning. So my grandfather knew it was a great name, and so he wanted to start this yeah. new art center uh, as Storm King Art Center. I love the name. I think it's it's uh, wonderful. It's poetic, and it's uh, like the landscape with all these uh, sculptures. We're just gonna I'm just gonna look here and show Saul a wit. Yeah. And um, you're seeing some of our native grasses that we started planting about 25 years ago. Yeah. And um, early on, there were thoughts of 
maybe the focus should be Hudson Valley uh, painters. Yeah. And we had an early uh, exhibition in 1963 of Winslow Homer, who had painted in uh, 1878. But my grandfather was really looking for an art media that would work with land, because he loved land and landscaping. He bought the estate of his friend, uh, not only for that building and the hill, but also these meadows that we're seeing. Yeah. And um, so eventually he got 200 acres. And then he started um, buying sculpture in, in Europe first, in Austria. Huh. Uh, in a famous place where a number of artists were working. Yeah. That was in 1961. The big moment was in 1966 when my grandfather went up to see David Smith's home in the Adirondacks, Bolton okay. Landing. Uh-huh. The artist had died after a car crash um, oh about goodness. a year after, before my, my grandfather went to see the estate. And that was David, David Smith's um, home. And my, my grandfather saw there 89 sculptures outside with long views, Lake George. <laughs> and um, ultimately, after a second uh, visit, yeah. He bought 13 David Smiths. It was the largest acquisition ever of one time of David Smith's works. That was the light bulb for my grandfather of what Storm King could be. Yeah. And from that point on, it was all about collecting and getting loans for large-scale works. Hmm. Originally, it was a number of, of works here when my grandfather had on loan. He died in 1974. And our, our director, David Collins, um, and my father, Peter Stern, changed the aesthetic a little bit of having each sculpture have its own views and lots of space. I see. So the first 13, are they spread out? Actually, the, 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 the David Smiths were shown behind the, the museum building. Which yeah the house we were talking about, those actually were meant to be sort of clustered together, and they still are, but we wanted to show them in the way that David Smith showed them um, as sort of fields of sculpture, if you will. I see. Um, And now we're down in, in the fields, and we're about to come and see what we call the Mark de Suvero field. Yeah. Mark de Suvero has shown multiple works of his I-beam sculptures yeah. starting in 1976. And this was the first time that we had sculptures down in the south. This, these were farm fields. Yeah. And my grandfather also had a brought his business up here, which was a manufacturing business, but also he had a uh, dairy farm. I see. And so eventually we got another 300 acres. We're, we're now looking at wow. several works of Marcus Rose. We have had a, a number of exhibitions. Right now we have yeah. 11 of his works here. Okay. We'll, we'll get closer to that work that has the, the highest point is 92 feet high. Yeah. Uh, e equals MC squared. And that was the first time um, this 
work has been shown in the U.S. We yeah. just installed it in July. So um, how do you decide the site for each sculpture? Uh, is there a master plan or, or is it uh, more or less you take it one step at a time? One step at a time and I think the sighting of these sculptures is critical and that's been largely the vision of um, our director, yeah. uh, David Collins, and more recently with senior curator Nora Lawrence. Um, and I think we also work with the artists about, often about the sighting. Yeah. Um, and now, you, what, what's wonderful about this experience for people is that you don't have to know or be intimidated about contemporary art to enjoy yeah. seeing this art in the landscape and every visit is different. Yeah. We, we're, today it's a beautiful sun with some snow that we had last weekend. When you come back in the spring or the summer, it will be a completely different view with you know, all the trees, all, all the leaves. And of course, people love to have it, to, to visit in the um, fall. That's our, our peak, peak weekends. Yeah. Well, this is just stunning. Uh, and I guess it's new all the time in different, in different uh, over the day and over the month, over exactly. the seasons. It's just, uh, it's incredible. And it's sort of an expo uh, exploration. I love that. that it, it is. It opens up, you turn a corner, and then there's a new vista. It's almost like a golf course. That's, that's about swearing here, I guess. <laughs> but, but they do it. The golf course is really nice. You do, you do, every time you turn, it's a new thing. And same yeah. thing here. I mean, it's just things happening all the time. So a few things I wanted to sh um, talk about. One is this alley of trees, of yeah. pin oaks, that my grandfather seeded in the 1960s. We're seeing a lot of birds here. We call Canadian geese, but now I think they're New York geese forever. <laughs> they um, and then here's an example on our right of a work, Magdalena Abakanovich. She died a few years ago, but uh, sarcophagi and glasses, glass houses. And this was a work that was given to us by the artist. Uh, about three years ago, we got a grant from the NEA yep. and that helped us to conserve it and move it because the, the landscape had changed. Some of the trees that you see here, yeah. we'd had it on the east part of the site yeah. and uh, it's a big deal to move it, but um, it's fantastic to see it, uh, especially in the, in the summer. And it needs, it needs those trees to have it more intimate I see. for the experience. And, and the, the geese, they love it here too. Are they welcomed here or they're, are they a nuisance? Um, both, um, but <laughs> <laughs> we do have a lot of wildlife and yeah. um, one of our artists um, who's loaned a work um, that was in an exhibition a few years ago, yeah. uh, the work was untitled uh, Bees Making Honey. And so it basically started uh, having an apiary and it's been fantastic for education. So you can come on uh, in, the, in the summer and every Saturday we'll have the beekeeper give a talk yeah. uh, at the work um, about, about bees and how they live yeah. and how important they are to our um, future. Yes. Now, can you tell me a little bit about Mark de Suvero, though? Because I think that he has a somewhat strategic uh, impact on Storm King 
Absolutely. And, yeah. And how did that come about? So my grandfather um, met him in 1967, and we actually he bought a wonderful work that was really an indoor work with his early uh, sculpture of wood and rubber tires. But the real, after my grandfather died, my, my father met Mark at the Whitney Museum. Yeah. And he had a retrospective in 1975. And my, my father said, what are you doing with these large-scale works that he'd put up in public art around the five boroughs in New York. And my, my, fa- my father said, what are you planning to do afterwards? And he said, I, d- I don't have a plan. And my, gra- my father said, how about loaning us um, at Storm King? Yeah. And we started with five works in 1976. Yeah. And that was also the first time we were really going toward the South uh, in land that we were eventually got for Storm King. And... Um, so today you'll ha- you'll see eleven works of his. Yeah, we've also had a, a, a number of exhibitions, including one offsite uh, exhibition on Governor's Island in 2011 and 2012, and it was our first uh, time doing that, and it was wonderful because 800,000 people saw it over two months summers. It was great for more awareness of Storm King. For for many years, Storm King was thought of as a special gem that people discovered, yeah. which is great. But in the last few years, we really wanted to be more in the art world and, 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 and for everyone to see and have this experience. Yeah. So we've quadrupled visitation over the last 10 years. Well, that's wonderful. I read an article about uh, Mark de Suvaro when he was here. Is that the, <clears throat> the cherry picker? Yes. He was 80... Three at the, t- at the uh, time, or something like eighty-five, maybe. I don't well, know. <laughs> I'll tell you. Mo- most recently, when equals MC squared was installed in yeah. July, yeah. he was up there. He is going to be eighty-seven oh this goodness. year in September. Yeah, but he's he's an amazing artist. It's been a privilege to get to know him. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so he's he's risking his life for the art. Well, you know, he is very proud to be in the union of Crane operators, among others, um, and he really learned and fell in love with steel yeah. and um, I-beams, and, and, and he can move and, you know, make it curve, and it, it just is something that, um, for him, I think he loves especially seeing his work here because he wants people to engage, he wants people to go inside the work, yeah. you know, and he also has... He's been very generous with other artists. Mm. It's an example of great relationships over time with artists that we've, yeah. we've had in the last several decades. So impressive. So we, we pass um, the Suvaro's uh, huge sculptures on the left-hand side, and we were traveling along this beautiful road, and all of a sudden, this looks like a sailboat without a mast and a s- mermaid on painted on the side in the middle of the pond. What is that? Yes, so that is... Um, Roy Lichtenstein's Mermaid, which is the first ever uh, mural for, from a contemporary artist um, that was in the America's Cup in 1995. So wow. this was, was raced by the U.S. team against New Zealand. Huh. Um, they didn't win, but uh, they, it, was a, it was really fantastic. Yeah. And the sails, which we don't have, were also had that theme of the mermaid and yeah. um, after its retirement um, 
one of our uh, trustees, late trustees, knew the yachting uh, community. Yeah. Were able to uh, get this gift of wow. the mermaid. And so we've had it um, for many years and worked with the foundation, which has been great. I like that because it's so bold. It's very different to just put it straight into the pond on a small little island. Yeah, no, it's, it's wonderful. Breaks off the experience here. No, I, will t I will tell you, in terms of wildlife, they have their say. So the idea early was to have long grass that uh -huh. sort of gives you the sense of, of water. However, the geese had other plans. <laughs> so that never actually <laughs> happened. Uh, yeah. 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 I will tell you that these are not just rocks. Um, this is going to be um, part of our Outlooks series in which each year we have a artist, usually um, an emerging artist, um, sometimes a mid-term, uh, you know, mid-career uh, artist. Yeah. Um, this year, uh, Martha Tuttle is um, making these sculptures in this field um, and so we work with the artist and Mike Seaman, who's our director of facilities, um, worked with Martha and got these boulders and then she's coming back hmm. and to create these uh, sculptures and um, sort of thinking of Karen's uh, that you would see in um, hiking. Yeah. And um, so it's the early part of um, the work and will open in May 9th. Is there any danger you're running out of space? Yes, in the sense that we have this aesthetic of each work having lots of space. Yep. Ha having said that, for example, this field has, you'll see it's only really one or two or a handful of, wor of works. What is that over there? Yeah, so that's Ronnie Bladen's um, Three Elements. Yeah. What we have been doing in the last few years is hosting an artist-in-residence program in for the summer um, okay. with the Shandaken projects. And mm. that has been fantastic. And there's a, f a house in the south. Uh, we have three artists at a time from June till September. The idea is just to have Storm King as inspiration for these artists. I see. There is no expectation of wor work uh, for these. They, and it, when they're selected... They can be here for two, four, or six weeks as they wish. I see. And it's almost like a retreat and thinking about their next part of their career. And it's a way for us to support artists beyond just having exhibitions. I see. And that, that is artists of all, of all kinds. Can be painters. Exactly. It, cultural producers. Ah, um, and, interesting. And it's a, it's, a, it's a partnership with uh, Nick Wiest, who started the uh, Artist in Residence program, Shandaken. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting when you see, we talked about this, the poetry of the landscape and the, these sculptures that are positioned so beautifully. You almost associate that to uh, places of worship. Yes. I mean, I mean cross-cultural. Yes. I mean, like the Vikings probably would love the, the, one of these Mark de Suvaro's things. I think they would really enjoy that because it has some kind, it has a powerful impact on your um, experience. Absolutely. This is Four Corners. Um, Beautiful. And this is an art, a work that, again, this is, shows, shows you the sighting is so critical. But this is from the 1970s, Frosty Myers. And it's wonderful to see on a, on a you know, sunny day like this. It's actually one of the most 
shown on uh, social media. Is that right? Yeah. Is yeah. this the most popular one? It's. I don't know if it's the, but it's like the top five. Wow. Yeah. So what do we have there? We have aluminum. Is that exactly there? So each element that you're seeing of this sort of cube oh. is a different material. So you're looking at um, stainless steel. You're looking at uh, uh, bronze and concrete um, and copper. Wow. Yeah. So what is your favorite? Uh, am I allowed to ask that question? Well, you're, you allowed to ask the, the, you're allowed to ask the question, but it's the, quest, it's the same as, you know, saying, what's your favorite child? I know. So um, I will just say that among, top you know, five. well, I would just say the top, the, you know, the, the works that really stay with me, um, are particularly are the um, site-specific commissions. Yeah over time and particularly the ones that I've had the privilege of, of seeing. So we're going to see one now, Myelin's Wave Field. Every time we've had an artist, asked an artist to do a site-specific commission, We've given them as much time and freedom as possible. Yeah. Uh, with Maya Lin, from the time we asked her to the time we unveiled this amazing work, it was about nine years. It was so much worth it because Maya took so much good time to think about what she wanted to do. Yeah. And when she figured it out, it was extraordinary and we're going to see it in a minute that is a real aha moment Coming the highlands the field here. yeah <laughs> i love it and oh, now look at wow you're looking oh. at a site wow. that's 11 acres and seven waves um inspired by ocean mid-ocean waves and she studied the science this is the third of three uh, wave fields that she's done, one at the University of Michigan and one in Miami in front of a federal courthouse. And the first one was 10,000 square feet and not, then 30 square feet in Miami. This one is 243 square foot. And the waves are 10 to 15 high, but the length is about 350 feet. And you're seeing it at an amazing um, time because you, you're, see, you're seeing on the on the north side the snow yeah. and you can see where people have enjoyed going up and down yeah. and then on the other side um, you're probably seeing most mostly grass but you can see how she was connecting with the ridge line yeah and then also she grew up in Ohio and she'd seen Native American um, tombs in the fields yeah you know, it's so interesting. When I saw this for the first time, I associated that to um, my family comes from Uppsala. You know, Uppsala and Lund is like Cambridge and Oxford. And in Uppsala, outside of Uppsala, they have the old king's graves. Mm. And they are mountains, like almost like this one, but steeper. So when we were kids, we used to run up and down. And of course, in the winter, you could take a sled down, whatever. And, I, and I rem it came back to me when we were walking around these waves. It, it was a beautiful experience. I remember that. My grandfather, when he expanded Storm King's 
uh, land, yeah. by, by buying land, he was taking land that had been, part of it had been devastated by the construction of the New York State Thruway, which is you're, we're hearing right now, yeah. um, and is west, our western border, and it came right through uh, Mountainville. Yeah. The brilliant landscaper, Bill Rutherford, who worked here for 45 years sculpting the land for art. And this was the last gravel pit. There had been huge gravel pits, and he used all that gravel to make uh, some of the hills that you see and some of the platforms for sculpture. But it all looks very natural. Yeah. Exactly. This was the last, the last of the gravel pits. And so what Maya took almost all of the gravel that was here yeah. That and soil and native grass turned into these seven waves. It's just amazing because we, yes. have, we see in front of us a, a green field. This is difficult to explain yes. on a podcast. Yes. <laughs> but it's a green field, green grass. We see these waves. And on the northern side of the waves, the snow is still there. And on the southern side, I guess, there would be grass, right? So we have exactly. that, uh, that uh, aspect. And then we have the uh, shadows of the sun yes. on top of these waves. So it's it's quite it's quite a, a sight. I have to and say. And then if you come back in in spring and summer yeah. and the fall, yeah. you're also seeing that beautiful pinout alley yeah. um, going down to the south and then down to the artist in residence program. It's just magnificent. What's wonderful about winter, where we are now in January, mm-hmm. you're also getting a little bit a little bit of a preview of Andy Goldsworthy's Storm King Wall which was uh, also another great uh, site-specific commission from 1997, 1988. Yeah. And after spending several walks, I think he was here for at least five weeks um, in 1995. Yeah. And he really wanted to think about something that would really feel like home. And what he saw was these dilapidated um, but beautiful um, stone walls uh, that had been for the 19th century um, for farmers. He did this wall, and we, we'll see it. It, it runs, it, it, if, you, if you put it all in a sta- straight line, yeah. it's about half a mile. Okay. But it goes around the trees and really hugs them, if you will. It's, it's one of my absolute favorites. Yeah. <clears throat> How that wall is doing the slalom around the trees, <laughs> yes. and then dives into the pond yes. and comes up on the other side. Yes. I mean, it's really fun. I mean, it's, it's, it's a great piece of art. It is. And, and what's wonderful was um, when my father and, and David Collins were working with um, Andy, Yeah. Uh, he, he asked at the end of the, the fall of 1997 with his, um, he had his five um, wall wallers, yeah. Um, from U- the UK, and he said, you know, I really would love to come back, take it out of the pond, and have it all the way here, and now you can see. Yeah. And this part is just straight. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a straight wall because there aren't the, tra- the trees to yeah. go around. Yeah. I will also say that it stops right at the border of the New York State Thruway. He has said... He would love to have it continue on the other side, and we actually have a seven-acre field, and it, you know, so we're, we're it's possible. <laughs> Maybe you should fly over there. Yes. 
you know, it's uh, it reminds me of Ireland. You know, when you drive on this Irish coast, uh, I yes. think on the west side, there's yes. a lot of these farmers. They have these sto stone walls. Yeah, it's it's fun, and um, I think it's it's a beautiful piece of art. It is, and what's what's also lovely is that he'll come back, uh, Andy, with one of the wallers every two or three years. Uh -oh. We'll walk through the entire wall. He'll put flags on it for conservation mm -hmm. or maintenance. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because he, when we, we did the wall, he would have been happy if we decided not to maintain it and mm -hmm. just see how it, oh. time, it, it starts to gotcha. change. Yeah. But he really, he, he was happy that we decided we wanted to maintain it. And yeah. so the waller will come and stay for a week here. Yeah. And more, most recently, a lot of time he spends not just ma maintaining the wall, but also educating people because people say, what are you doing? Because it's so fascinating. Um, so is he using an old method? We have actually a small um, video about this mm. um, when they were making it because it was so f amazing. So the wallers work incredibly fast and we got all of the stones from our property oh, and yeah. the first part of it that, as you were saying um, that goes around the trees down into the into the pond <laughs> they did that in less than seven weeks but you know that's astonishing because if yeah. you look at that wall it's pretty thick it's pretty it solid is. I mean I was thinking I mean that must have taken years to and, do but and that's... it's all dry stone oh. so it's all just gravity oh, so nothing no concrete nothing? no wow. no so can I ask you, Ralph yeah. Ogden? Yes, he, he went by Ted. Ted. Yeah, Ted Ogden. Ted. And what kind of man was he? He was, as a grandfather, he was fantastic. Um, he had really energy, a visionary. Yeah. But I didn't know that as a as a kid. But I did see how happy he was, and he loved going around. I would, for years in the summers, I would go around with him in his um, his car and he just wanted to see work being done in the land that he owned including Storm King including his dairy farm yeah but he was someone who loved all things new and he didn't know much at all about art but um, his wife was very interested in art and um, and he was very interested in getting new artists and having, a, you know, art that would would work in land. And, and it turned out to be perfect timing because in the 1960s, Mark de Suvero, Richard Serra, mm -hmm. lots of artists were starting to do large-scale work, earthwork. He he would just loved it, and he he was doing this in his retirement. He was very smart. He brought my dad, his um, son-in-law to run the business yeah. and actually for my father was from the beginning uh, sort of a partner in Storm King but the first time we had a board meeting in 1960 <laughs> uh, my grandfather was giggling with his um, lawyer and he said to my dad you're going to be the chair and the president and basically you're going to do all the paperwork and I'm going to have all the fun <laughs> of collecting so um, so he liked to hang with the artists Absolutely. Yeah. He, you know, he had a son, my uncle, but my uncle died in a car crash uh, in college. Oh. I think he also just loved having that 
the relationships with artists. He really wanted to have fun in his last years. Yeah. And, um, and do something for this community. Um, you know, I, I look back and I think, I don't know how to have that courage to just start something like that, yeah. not knowing what it's going to be. Yeah. Um, but by the time he left, it was very clear what, what we were going to do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. People really take time to enjoy this site and the, um, the art that you find. Yeah. And it's always different. And I see, I see this um, now. Can I ask like, you that? You know, is, is that Mark de Suvero? That is. That's Pyramidian oh. and 60 feet high. Wow. And I will say that that I-beam that is um, horizontal is floating. So it's, uh, you'll see it on a windy day. It, it'll, it'll be moving. And when it's very windy, it'll clang to the other four uh, wow. I-beams that make up the pyramid. And you can hear that clanging all the way to the hill. Wow. So it's, for many years, he, had, he hadn't decided what to do with that I-beam. And it was actually just yeah. sitting on the floor and finally, or on, you know, right under the, the sculpture. Yeah. And David Collins, uh, yeah. my father, said, you know, Mark, we really want you to decide. And, and he did. And so you'll see on a plaque, this work was starting and then finishing. It was 12 years. Yeah. But it was just because of that I-beam. How, yeah. how tall is that one over there? Now we can see it. Yeah, really so you're seeing incredible. the top of, yeah. of equals MC squared, yeah. and you're seeing those um, uh, stainless steel I-beams, yeah. and that's 92 feet high, and um, now you're just seeing the, the, the top. We're so thrilled to get that work because um, it was made in France for an exhibition. I, I saw it in 1997. You know, just to get those works transported, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a heavy lift. So how can like. people contribute to Storm King? Uh, memberships? Absolutely. Memberships are critical. Yep. Uh, Stormking.org. Yep. And uh, it's wonderful because you, then you're, you know, come as often as you wish and we have all kinds of events. Yeah. Um, actually, I'm going to go down here to okay. the south. Yeah. Yeah, members can come early and we have all kinds of great um, education programs. We have moonlit walks. Wow. Um, we have concerts and um, summer camps for um, both high, high schoolers and, and um, uh, middle school kids. Yeah. Every year I have to raise money uh, to keep going. And also, though, we have special projects. Yeah. So like the site-specific commissions, um, and also for uh, exhibitions and terrific loans. Yeah. Is it so that for each object there is a specified donor or a donor's list? Or very thrilled to have so many, so many great supporters and donors, and a, and a wonderful board. Um, yeah. You know, the, the organization has moved from my family. It's a family legacy. Yeah. And I'm thrilled to be in this position and keeping that legacy but really we've become it during my my father's time after my grandfather he really made it public yeah and um, we're a 501c3 museum I see we've got a great board mm. um, and very supportive we do an annual gallop and that sort of thing but yeah and then there are people that give specifically to 
commissions to exhibitions. Yeah. Um, what is on your to-do list? Well, uh, this is a very exciting year because it's our 60th anniversary. Oh. We're having great exhibitions and uh, loans yeah. coming up. We're also working with um, uh, Sarah Z on a site-specific commission, which is going to be unveiled in 2021 in Fall and Sky. So a lot of um, also special programming, uh, concerts and the like in, in 2020. And we're also thinking about our future, accommodating more people. It's important to know because we're just over an hour's drive from Upper West Side of Manhattan. Yeah. But also more and more people are coming in public uh, transit on, on buses. We have two, two buses a day yeah. when we're open that drop you right at Storm King and then you can, they'll pick you up in the afternoon. And where do you depart uh, Manhattan? Port Authority and okay. Co Coach USA. We also have um, people coming on the train and we have a shuttle from Beacon to take you to Storm King. More and more people are coming on public transit, which is great. From May to October, we have family um, programs, both around art and nature for our yeah. site, which are very, very popular. When people come here um, and visit Storm King, what, what kind of an experience do they normally have? What, what, what do they feel when they leave? One of the, one of the things I just love is walking around when we're open on a weekend. Yeah. And I talk to people, and generally, people are really awed and delighted to be here. And there's a, there's a kind of elevated emotion yeah. about this discovery. And just looking at the landscape, there's a heron down there on the oh, pond, um, right on the ice, right on the, it's absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Do you, But, feed, uh, do you feed them? No. You're not allowed to? We don't, we don't want to, and um, it's good for them not to. Oh, you don't want not to, to yeah. domesticize? Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. But I think when, when people come to Storm King, um, they're just really happy, generally, yeah. and really grateful for having this place. And, and, and we have people who come back every year for Father's Day, and um, people have traditions to work here. It's inspiring. Yeah. Um, when I started, I think we had 12 employees. I think we have 554 now. And that's not even including our service, or BSS, who work uh, during the season. I should say that we're open from the first week in April into mid-December. And we also have winter weekends. I see. Um, so we, people can see it in snow. One of the things I wanted to do when I took over in, as president in 2010 is to make this much more accessible to our, our community, um, yeah. both here in Cornwall and Newburgh. And I'm so thrilled we have partnerships with um, a number of schools in, in Newburgh. Yeah. Um, it's been fantastic for the students and, and, and for their families. I'm, I'm thrilled that more and more people have the opportunity to be at Storm King and to learn and... That's wonderful. So your, your vision has been to make it more accessible. You quadrupled the number of visitors to make yep. it. The high season is, is the fall? The, is the fall, is yes, the fall? yes. Why is that? Why don't people come out in the spring? Well, people do, but I think there's something about the, the leaves turning. We have an incredible collection of trees, as you can see here. Yeah. And, and people just love that time. 
As we look down here, we're also looking down the Moodna Creek, which has widened a lot. There's a, a hiking track, uh, a path down there. Yeah. And two years ago, we did a show on climate change uh, called Indicators, artists addressing climate change. And one artist, David Brooks, who I saw last night, um, did an amazing work where he took 30 elements of that you would see in the forest, like um, a twig and, an, and a stone yeah. and a root. And he found these and that really spoke to him. And then he took them into a house that we have on our property and he made a mold and then he, he made a bronze of that element of nature, oh. put it back, the original stone twig, and then put the bronze next to it. And the idea was you go on that path and you try to find the 36 works. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and then you see how it's the original, you know, twig, how it, is it still there? Yeah. And in, in some ways he was thinking about, you know, when having a focus when you go into the forest and, and thinking about climate change, which is so big and yeah. so much data and how do you get your arms around it? Yeah. And it was fantastic. And when the first time he had, after he had installed it, he brought some friends. And he, I love, he, love this story. Um, he, said, he said to me, well, we found 20 out of the 30. And he was, the, he was taking them out. He couldn't remember where, he, where, where <laughs> they were. So it was really kind of a scavenger hunt. Yeah. And it still is. Um, yeah. I want to stop here just to show Richard yeah. Serra's um, Scunny Monk Fork. And the name Scunny Monk is the name of the Scunny Monk Mountain to the west. My father asked him and David Collins to do a site-specific commission, and he spent time also with his wife um, walking the, gra the, the whole site. And the idea of having a field to himself yeah. um, and, and you know, seeing these four beams that are coming out of the, the drops in the, in the field... Most of the time you will come here, it'll be large, long grasses. Yeah. And, uh, but this is wonderful today to look at the, the shadows. And um, some of those beams are um, as long as 54 uh, feet. Oh. So most of it is all in the ground. But yeah. um, it's one of his great works. And They're just like cutting straight, straight into the hill. Yes. And then you have the, the shadow. Yep. And then you have the snow. Yeah, and then the backdrop of Scunny yeah. Mountain and the trees. So this is a, a great view of it. And at the time, this was the, the southernmost work. And then it yeah. followed Andy Goldsworthy's wall and Mylan's. So this is field. on your top five list? Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, now he's in trouble. Sure. So what do we see on the right-hand side here? Can you explain what that yeah, is? Yeah, so this is um, a wonderful sculpture, a three-legged Buddha. The artist uh, Zhang Wan was in New York for the first time in 1998 and, and lived in New York for several years, and he came to Storm King. And in 2009, we were offered this work. We, we went to um, see the work in Brussels outside of a opera where he had been invited for the first time to be a director 
of the opera. He'd never done that before, wow. but he's, he'd always had done, he started with performance art. We fell in love with this work, and um, what's amazing is it's 12 tons, but it's hammered copper, and it's hollow, so you can get in it. I mean, you can't, but um, <laughs> we can. <laughs> uh, and I'll, I'll never get out of it. <laughs> yeah. That. But people love it, and yeah. uh, we did an exhibition with him in 2014. Yeah. He, he became also a Buddhist, and he spent time in Tibet, and he, he also uh, collects antiques yeah. um, in, in China. Um, wow. And what's wonderful is you can see those little toes. Yeah. Well, there are little perforations on each toe, and he sent a huge box of um, uh, incense, thank you, the incense. He said, when you have events, um, put them inside, and the, 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 you know, the, the steam will come out. Oh. So he sent 1,200 sticks of incense with this, and... As a result, as a result of that, <laughs> it was delayed at customs. <laughs> I think I like the way that um, you put things together. You seem to be not, uh, how should I say, you're playful and you yes. bring in other things. You're not afraid. I really like that. There's a little bit of everything here. I mean, that's naive to say, but uh, you have a playfulness and an openness, I think, when you look at all these uh, objects here. Well, I appreciate that, and I think this was interesting because it's, bold. it's not minimalist, it's no. not ab abstract, um, it, you know, it doesn't necessarily, you, you wouldn't think about it if you saw all the other works, yeah. um, but I think that it was taking a, a flyer in a way, um, but he's an amazing artist. Now, for the 60th anniversary, then, yeah. so what is the, is there an installation of a, uh, do, you, do you take loans or do you, or do you do something more permanent? Well, we're doing a wonderful exhibition with an artist, Kiki Smith. Yeah. We're also, um, uh, we're going to have our Outlooks artist um, and then we are um, also getting some great loans. We're also working on some uh, really good, in interesting programs of concerts and also um, dance. Do you have any collaboration with uh, Dia Beacon? We do in, in an informal way. What's great about um, Dia Beacon is it has an incredible collection in this wonderful um, old uh, factory. And our collection overlaps really with, um, in terms of the time and the artists. And so I think more and more people are seeing how you, you can have an amazing weekend um, or experience coming to Storm King, going to uh, Dia, Dia Beacon, and also uh, Magazino, yeah. um, which is also relatively new. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's great. My grandfather um, was inspired by Louisiana yeah. um, outside of Copenhagen, yeah. and then also um, Kroller Mueller, mm -hmm. who's started a sculpture park I think in 1961 mm -hmm. and again it was a, it was a couple that started it mm -hmm. um, where is that that is um, in the Netherlands mm -hmm. um, I think it is southeast of Amsterdam mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's a surrounded by 
there, this property that is now a, um, a park, and I think it's like 17,000 square feet, uh-huh. um, and it's, it's in the Netherlands, and so I remember getting off the train and seeing a sea of bicycles, which I thought was <laughs> fabulous. And when you get into the park, you get a bike. Yeah. And that's how people, you know, come, come to the... Um, to the Kroller Mueller Museum. I like that. Yeah. You can yeah. rent a bike here too, I know. Yes, no. yeah. And that's something I'm very proud of that we started the bikes um, yeah. uh, about 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, and that's hugely popular. Yeah. I want to talk about this, an example of a sculpture that was liberated. Joel Shapiro is untitled. And it was commissioned for a lobby in the Sony... Uh, building in Madison Avenue in 1984. And it was David Collin, our director, um, his dream to liberate it out and get it outside. And what happened was Sony was moving and they couldn't have it in the new building. And they asked the artist, you know, what, what should we do about, you know, what, what could we, you know, what, what's your input about where it should go? Thankfully, Joel Shapiro um, and his gallery, the Pace, uh, said, you know, I'd love to have it at Storm King. So they, they gave it as a, to us as a gift. And what? it was an amazing thing to see it taken out of that uh, atrium on Madison Avenue in the 50s. Yeah. And then to see it here. And the artist just loves to see how you see yeah. it. It's so different in this light. So, and it's also, you know, you can sort of see it's untitled, but it's, uh, you know, a figure walking and um, that, it it reminds me of one of the early sculptures that my grandfather bought in 1961, I think, or 63. Yeah. um, Which is, which which a smaller work, which is called um, Man uh, Walking. Yeah. So... That's a very happy sculpture. Yeah. <laughs> and he's and again, got, or great... she's got a great view here. Yes, yes. One of the best views. Yeah. And he can see, the, or she can see the three-legged Buddha over there. And then you can also see, back to the Pyramidian, uh, that hill where the museum building is, yep. was, the grade was very steep to get down here. Where the Calders now live... Um, that was a five-year project with all that gravel that remained from the construction of the throughway yeah. to make this sort of new platform between the museum hill at the top down here, and it be- has become the, the main way to walk down into the south very easily. I guess that was in the 1980s, and then that's when we started to get these wonderful loans from the um, Calder Foundation. Mm. And um, so you, I think we have three there now. We've also had four times. And then when you came in here, you saw um, the huge stable of Calder's, um, the arch, which is sort of a, your welcome um, uh, Yes, the big sculpture. black one. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Yep. Yeah, I was just wondering. Yeah. <laughs> I see. And then you're... Because they're sort of related to the red one there. Yeah, yes, in, exactly. In a, in a sense. Yes, yeah, I think I can go out here. Well, let's Uh-oh. take it. Well, let's. You your know, game. Yeah, I'm game. <laughs> let's do it. I, I think you know the only thing to avoid, I guess, is to the right. Yeah. There are no brakes on this one, right? 
Just uh, there brakes. Don't worry. Let it roll. <laughs> yeah. Don't break. Then we're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're coming down a steep. I think they're good. good steep hill yeah. here. <clears throat> and so, uh, um, if you don't hear from me, Jessica, the, the, Storm King was the last place that I <laughs> visited before I fell yeah. into the creek here. Yeah. And then you're looking up toward um, Mamotaro, which is site-specific commission of Asama Gunaguchi. Yeah, and, I um, think that was the favorite. Yeah. That it, was it, the favorite, I it, think. Well, it, yeah, for my dad, that might have been so, because oh, yeah. it was his first time working with a site-specific um, <laughs> commission and an artist. Yeah. There's a great story about Sama Noguchi coming here, and he knew one of our trustees, uh, Cynthia Polsky, um, and... Cynthia said, you know, why don't you come up to Storm King and, you know, it's going to be a fun day in the country. Yeah. And he said, when I go to the country, it means another country. <laughs> I'm a very urban guy. Yeah. <laughs> but when he got here, he loved it. Yeah. And I think he was very delighted when he spoke to my dad because... He said, to my, he said to my dad, when do you need this? And my, and my father said, whenever you finish it. Mm -hmm. And he said, what, what committees do I have to go in front of? And my father said, none. And so <laughs> that, I think, was really enticing for him. Yeah. You know, to, because he'd, been, he'd done a lot with New York City and gotten shot down by committees. Uh-huh. So he, he did it in... He, he, he worked fast. It was sort of like two years. Yeah. And it was, it's an amazing work and it, one that you can get into. Many people have taken their photos, uh, their family, holiday cards, uh, because the work is called Mamotaro, which is Peach Boy. Peach Boy? Yeah, and it's oh. a, it's a well-known folktale in Japan. Uh-huh. And... This came out of getting the, the granite in Japan um, and his team got this big boulder and they had to cut it in half to get it off the island. And when they did, there was a slight concave huh. and the, his staff said, immediately said, Mamotaro, Mamotaro, because they were thinking of this folktale where an older couple with no kids yeah. um, found this huge pitch, peach coming down the stream and they were going to have this huge um, feast with the, this amazing peach and they cut oh. it in half and inside instead of a pit was a baby and, uh -huh. the, and they, they adopted the baby yeah. and the baby became Mamotaro who was a, became a hero of the community um, because he found the sort of monster had been terrorizing the communi community for years. I see. And so huh. that, that became the name of the, the sculpture. Now you're looking at a great view to the south. You're looking down at Menashe Kaddishman's suspended. You see the, how dramatic that hill is up to the museum building. Yeah. And then the beautiful ridge of Skennymunk Mountain and then there's a great story about this work, um, Alexander Lieberman. It's, the work is called Adam. What I love about this work is that 
its history, it was shown in the early 1970s, I think it was 1971, and shown in the Corcoran Gallery right across from the White House. Then President Nixon ordered that he hated this work so much, and he could see it from the White House lawn. And he told the head of the National Endowment for the Arts, you must move that now. During this exhibition, so the head of the NEA had this awful (laughs) um, order to go to the artist and say, I found an even better place for your exhibition, for your your sculpture. And it was moved. And um, a few years later, we got it in our collection. And so I feel very proud that we're a place for uh, asylum for... um, persecuted sculpture. Yes. Which is very unlikely. Absolutely. <laughs> they love it here. Yeah. 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 I don't think the sculpture liked President Nixon very much. No. I, mean, that I think that's exactly right. <laughs> you, you, you're planning ahead and then you're planning, okay, new, uh, you know, you can, you can borrow things to put here, but you can also buy things. How is that yeah. process organized? Do you have a list of artists that you're pursuing um, and... Uh, uh, how does that work? Sure. Um, we do have some um, artists we'd like to get to some of their works on loans. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, it is something that um, our cur- curatorial team and, and I are often going to artist studios, yeah. um, working with estates and foundations. Um, last year we got two fabulous works um, by Mark DeSuvero we have a long time relationship with and also yeah. with um, Louise Bourgeois' eyes um, and that was working with the foundation. Yeah, so it's a combination of uh, looking at other exhibitions, going to artist studios and then often there are opportunities that come our way. Oh, look at that. Yeah, that is actually um, a Swedish artist Yes, uh, finally. Yes, yes. Damn. <laughs> Hans Hokanson. Oh. And um, that was recited um, about maybe two years ago um, by David Collins. And I love it. It's sort of like a pencil shaving, <laughs> but it's just beautiful. Yeah. Then we're oh, look at that. looking down at, wow. again, okay. uh, Alexander, All right. Alexander Lieberman. Now we're going down again. Yeah. You have winter tires on this golf cart? (laughs) I feel confident that this won't be your last um, interview. And that that is the the one you were talking about? Yes, this is Louise Bourgeois' eyes. Ah, And what's wonderful about this is that there are four eyes on each side. And we got this in the summer. Yeah. And the first time it was lit, because you can lit the eyes. And so I was not here, but... The staff had a um, event and came at the end of the day. Um, was it maybe December or November? And it was shown for the first time. And it was—they didn't know that it was going to—it it was going to be lit. Hmm. But it's—it's um, it's a yeah. It's quite—it's um, almost scary for people, but it's uh, fabulous. Yeah. Uh, this is another great title. Um, the one on the left, and it's Sia Armijani. Um, 
gazebo for two anarchists. <laughs> <laughs> and this is one you can get in. And he really was, has, uh, was interested for many years um, about the history of anarchism in oh. America. And he was born in Iran yeah. and lives in Minneapolis and um, very interested in works that engage people and public dialogue. So this looks like a, a toy for giants. Yeah. This one over here. Who, who is the artist? So Alexander Lieberman had an incredible career in um, Vogue uh, as an editor, and then Connie Nast, he was the creative editor. So he had this incredible uh, and very successful um, career, but he also loved art, and he learned about uh, photography in Paris in the 20s. And then he learned to wit, to, um, he became a sculptor in, as a hobby in his 40s. Yeah. And he learned how to weld. He wanted to use recycled um, elements. And so he, brought, he, got, he used these um, oil tanks from underground. So we had this work in, I don't know, maybe the 80s. Yeah. But David Collins, our director, knew that it was not going to... Um, he asked the artist, he said, how long is this going to, what's the lifetime of this sculpture? And he said, well, it's probably about 25 years. So <clears throat> just before the artist died in 1999, we got his permission to refabricate the work. Yeah. Uh, and so we did it at Polish Talek's foundry that's very near us and does great work. And so it was reborn yeah. um, with Corten steel. It's beautiful. Yeah. One of my favorites. I, 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 I've noted that you've complimented the, the uh, tires, not the driver. <laughs> yeah. No, no, the driver <laughs> and is perfect. And that's appropriate. The, the driver is perfect. So, so far, <clears throat> so far I'm lucky to be alive. Well, what a tour. Thank you so much. Oh, it was a pleasure. John, for taking the time. I mean, uh, that was... Is that the bear den down there? Yeah, um, yes, it was... It was down there. I don't know if it's still there. How fast is this golf cart? They run fast, you know, those bears. Yes. They're pretty quick. <laughs> I guess they'll, they'll have you first for lunch. Yes. Yeah. And then they'll go for the main course. <laughs> and I guess whoever's the slowest runner. <laughs> yeah. This is Art Insiders New York, and my name is Anders Holst. Thank you for listening. And be sure to visit artinsidersnewyork.com to join the conversation and subscribe to the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode of the Art Insiders New York podcast, head over to iTunes, if you're not already there, to subscribe, rate and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Thank you. This episode was produced by UOM LLC, copyright 2020.